0: Gad, this is Pinky of Pinky and the Brain, and you are listening to An Elegant Weapon. It's the only thing the brain and I listen to just before we take over the world, which means we listen a lot, because we've never really
1: taken over the world, have we? Oh well. No. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit.
2: (laughs) An elegant weapon
0: for the more civilized age.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 202. My name is J J M Clark, Jedi, J J the Jedi, Ross. It's great to be back here with you kids again in the L5J studios. It's been quite a while, actually, since we sat down here together conversing. Uh, it has been an adventurous spring. Uh, we've attended a crazy amount of Comic-Cons. Uh, how much have we done this year already? We did C2E2. Uh... You know Philly, uh, Motor City Comic Con, and this week we are going to be discussing last weekend's recent bout at the Niagara Falls Comic Con, and joining me to discuss said adventure all the way from Detroit and the Ninja Starship podcast, my friend and yours, Mr. Jimmy McKnight. How are you, Jimmy? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am great, man. It's cool to be doing this again. It's been actually quite a while since I sat down and just did a straight up pod i mean we got so much content out of philly that i'm still riding off that
0: hell yeah you were uh you were panel crazy i'm oh. sorry if i sound a little out of breath i'm fat and i just hauled ass from my fridge back to the microphone
1: <laughs> <laughs> beer is heavy man i understand yeah, the
0: beer is heavy
1: <laughs> it's all good uh yeah it's uh it's an exciting time um <laughs> So, uh, let's just dive into the experience that it was itself as far as uh, Niagara Falls Comic-Con. I have not been before. This was my first year going as well as yours. Uh, The show is, I think, in its fourth or fifth year. I think it's its fourth year, somewhere around that. I wasn't sure... What to expect because cons around here, especially southern Ontario, come in all shapes and sizes. I was expecting a certain size because it's Niagara Falls and any con that usually takes the name of the city that it's in, you expect a certain caliber, uh, you know, when you go ahead and claim the city's name into your Comic Con. So I'm thinking just straight up the Niagara Falls Comic Con should be something special. Uh first being drawn into that there was no one there that I was dying to see there was no one there that I was like oh my god I must talk to this person so overall not a lot of talk went on uh Jimmy uh your first canadian comic con it was
0: Yeah yeah my very first canadian comic con
1: Uh we no problems at the border to begin No with. no I no? I
0: got right over me and Josh uh we uh, we got right over no problem the guy was like he goes where are you headed and I was like, we're going to Niagara Falls Comic Con. He's like, What's a Comic Con? And I'm like, well, it's a you know giant comic book convention where everybody gets together and, you know, buys and sells comic books. And he's like, Oh, okay. Have a good one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that easy. Of course, you mentioned Josh, Joshua Royal Shram of uh Top Rope Review, uh, one of your other little gigs uh that you do over there at Podcast Detroit, who we can now say officially uh we are welcoming to the points of interest podcast network as well so Woo! uh welcome to the top rope review but yeah it was super cool of you and josh to come and hang hang out uh accommodations were interesting uh your first murder hotel not my first
0: but no. definitely the shittiest in a while <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it was okay. It was harkening back to the old days of, you know, playing shows in cities that we couldn't uh, afford to get to, so we stayed wherever we could. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: you used to be in a band. You were yeah, a band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you? yeah, yeah. So
0: now, I mean, you know, that hotel was all right. I've slept in worse places, but uh, I'm not going. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. No yeah. yeah, I don't
1: understand. Like Niagara Falls is strewn with these little tiny fifties murder hotels that have just been let go over the years and there must still be enough tourism in the falls for all these places to stay open and stay packed like that blows my mind
0: yeah right past the tim hortons it kind of went to shit eh <laughs> it was, <laughs>
1: dude it was, it was just i didn't expect it to be that kind of low scale you know like there yeah. was still there was like used soap chunks in the in the <laughs> bathroom I, uh, the bathroom door didn't close yeah like,
0: yeah it didn't
1: and you know what was funny is
0: like everybody was being conscious of each other We're like all right this sucks let's just all make the best of it and hang out outside
1: <laughs> oh yeah pretty much we sat on our little terrace there in the little balcony and uh yeah that was that was an interesting experience in a half uh it was funny. I remember at that one point we were sitting there, and you thought I had lit a joint, and it was, and you were like, "Oh, oh you smoke that?" Oh, oh, oh. And because you brought over your American paranoia, of course. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, it was the people sitting at the room next to us were just chuffing one on the balcony.
0: <laughs> That's the, I call that American smart sense. You, know, you got to be a little bit more on edge over here. We're not when as, you're home, not as
1: absolutely. I would definitely not for you know use the phrase paranoia whilst in the states. Definitely not. Mm -hmm. but uh that that was fun either way so the murder hotel uh not so bad we made the best of it the con for anybody familiar in this area with the toronto comic-con very 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 similar situation uh and i'm not referring to fan expo i'm referring to its small little tiny juvenile brother uh the toronto comic-con and Canadian Comic-Cons, or I guess I should say Ontarian Comic-Cons, because I have not been to any other Comic-Cons outside of Ontario in Canada are usually very mellow affairs I don't include Fan Expo because that's just a beast unto itself that's on a level with maybe only three or four other Comic-Cons that you can even say in the same breath as that size of a show so when I'm talking general conventions I don't really include those top bananas you know what I mean? Because that's just a a level of excitement and adventure and pizzazz that you couldn't possibly hope to recreate on these smaller levels. But that being said, things tend to be mellow in the cons around here, but this was really mellow. This was like one of the most mellow Comic-Cons I've ever been to. It was cool. I mean, it was a good con. It had all the things that you usually want to see uh cool artists cool exhibits and fairly cool media guests but uh it, it felt routine do you know what i mean
0: yeah it uh it had, it had the same same feel as every other con you know for me it was just nice because it was different vendors it was like yes it was the same shit but it was different and the the artist, it was it was different artists, you know. Like, especially with all the cons that we've been to, you know, you see a lot of the same guys. This was nice and refreshing that it was something different, you know.
1: Which is very cool for you. For, oh yeah, you know, very I mean, cool for me. For me, I still have I have you know, I see those guys all the time at all these shows, including the exhibitors. So coming from a hometown point of view, uh it wasn't bad. It was just kind of lackluster. Uh, I didn't feel a lot of soul. Or a lot of feeling, or a lot of excitement behind the con. To be honest, it yeah. was, you know, not very interactive. If if that makes sense.
0: It totally does. It felt like there was, there was something that was needed. Some kind of, you know, it, it, you had the con, but there needed to be something. Like even even the panels, the panels didn't speak to you. You know, when you're looking in the in the pamphlet, and it, it nothing seemed to really just be like wow, hey, there's this too. You know, well, there's, there's nothing yeah, there's... for no, – no advertising even for like an after party.
1: Yes, and and as far as the panels, all you had to go by was a schedule. There was no real announcements. Uh, you know, there was nobody around that you could really feel – that felt approachable. Do you know what I mean? The staff was kind of far and few between, which is often a good sign of a well-ran con, that you don't see mm. the staff too much because they're doing their jobs. But maybe they had very few volunteers, I don't know, but I never felt like there was someone to turn and talk to, or somebody to ask, or be like, what's up? And no announcements for panels made it kind of difficult to just pay attention to the times, you know? And I think cons often are suffering from titling their panels these days. Like, just title it the name of the person who's there, you know? Like... Don't give it some some catchy snap freeze from the movie that the actors were in that people aren't going to really pick up on enough, you know? Like apparently the Dazed and Confused panel had like 10 people in it or something, like not even. And it was titled All Right, All Right, All Right, and it featured two women
0: that didn't even say the line yeah. in that panel.
1: Totally, totally my point. And that just makes things a li- that little bit much more confusing enough that, you know... But, I mean, they had cool stuff, and everybody was nice, and, you know, it's Canada, so people are just polite and mellow, you know, in general, but...
0: So many but, stories.
1: A lot of stories. You're a lot of stories. That. you got to remember, <laughs> that's that's our excuse me over Oh, here. totally. So, Sorry.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. But just uh, media, I guess, you know, like you could tell there were a few people there that had media passes, but there wasn't like a lot of... Uh, I, I don't even know what the word is. Normally, there's more sound. There's more. uh, It's more of a an event. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's hard to think of the word that it it was rather than was because it was lackluster. It was I don't know. Well, how
0: how you said about the announcements? You know, it was like well there wasn't announcements, and it's like we always seem to find that battle of be it you know we'll be guerrilla style potting as as we do, and we go out there and it's nothing but announcements every three minutes of rah 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 rah, and it's like so much. Here was the complete opposite where it was nothing. They had the, the cool thing that they did is they had a couple of the, of the guests, like they had, uh, John Cassier yeah. say something, you know, like welcome everybody to the con. And then, uh, later on, the guy from police academy, Michael Winslow, he's, he did a couple things, but it, what he kind of did didn't even really make sense with what he said. So that was, and that was on Sunday. And we were like, all right, well, cool. Michael Winslow, have a great weekend. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> So I did catch one panel, uh Comic Book Making 101 uh with Alfonso Espinosa of Studio Comics, uh good friend of mine, and uh he does wonderful things over there at Studio Comics and he did a really really good panel on uh just making comics 101, just how to start, how to kind of organize your brain, uh how to how to motivate your own passion, you know what I mean? He's a and, super nice uh, guy, man. Oh yeah, he's an incredibly nice guy and uh yeah, it was a good panel. It was a great panel. It was fairly well attended. Uh, you know, I, I put a little bit of video up there. But uh, if you guys ever get a chance to see Alfonso do this again at any shows, absolutely please do. Uh, he's also going to be putting together a documentary about how to do this, which is a, a cool idea. And uh, there'll be a Kickstarter going on for that. I believe it started on Sunday, uh, last Sunday. But I will check with him. I will make sure, and I will get that information out to you kids. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, cool exhibitors, but you just, you could wander the con and there was not a lot of barking going on. There was not a lot of booths where you could go into to like, you know, experience things. There was just a lot of looking. I mean, they had the Ferris Bueller's That bedroom. was, let
0: to say, the Ferris Bueller booth.
1: That was pretty cool. They rebuilt, uh, Ferris Bueller's bedroom in this like four walled set kind of thing. That was and pretty
0: legit. It <laughs> was, was very legit. legit. Yeah.
1: I would have almost recommended just doing it like a set, though. Yeah. Like, drop three of the walls because they made it like a bedroom where you walk in there.
0: You walk, yeah, right. You walk at in least
1: there. drop the like. I understand you're sacrificing part of the set the, of the authenticity and all that, blah blah blah. But there was something hidden about it because it was inside, right? Yeah. So you know, but they had the Jaws thing. It was pretty cool to see. Uh, they had a. A big Jaws head there, but a lot of the screen-used props were actually on display, like Quince and stuff. I was about to say,
0: yeah, Quince yeah, Jacket, man. That was that the highlight was really for me. Cool.
1: That was really cool. And, you know, the usuals, the Doctor Who Society of Canada and the 501 Legion, the Canadian Garrison, and the R2 Builders of Ontario. All the usual fun was there, but there was just something a little too mellow about it. There was no soundtrack to the event. There was no... There was no laughter and joyousness. I don't know. It was just a very, very, very run-of-the-mill con without saying it was bad. You know, like I don't want to give the impression that it was bad because it wasn't a bad con, but it was kind of like, meh, another con, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, you know, forgiving that, I, I wouldn't say not go. You know, it's still a young con as well. You know, it needs to grow a little. There was a little bit of confusion with our press situation that got very easily sorted out. Uh, all the people that we talked to involved with the con were wonderful people. Absolutely. Wonderful Every, people. Yeah, everybody was super nice, super polite, super, uh, you know, super helpful. Uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know. It's almost like they're they're too big for themselves quite yet. They're not quite got a grasp on all the little details because they're holding together. Because it's a it was a fairly large size, it wasn't like a tiny con. It wasn't a monster. Yeah,
0: it was was a schmedium. Yeah, that's what I'm labeling it as a schmedium.
1: It was totally a schmedium, but it was good. Now we have to discuss. ugh, Ugh, it's hard to talk about this. But we, we had a little disappointment enter our weekend. Oh, we're
0: going into this? <sighs> yeah, we're okay. going to go into this. All right, yeah, all right, all right. This. Hold
1: on. Let right, me uh, prepare, yourself. prepare myself. <sighs> all you Padawans and podlings <laughs> out there, we're not telling this story to break your heart. We're just showing that people are human, and not everything goes perfectly magical. It's not a fantasy land. So Saturday night, we get tickets for Jay and Silent Bob's Get Old. Jane, Silent Bob, Get Old, live, Niagara Falls, Comic-Con. Costs is $35. Fair rate, usually. Decent price. Yes. So the ticket, all it says is 7 o'clock. Not doors open at 7, show at 8. Not anything. Just 7 o'clock, right? So what's everybody going to do at a Comic-Con that ends at 5 o'clock and has to be in for a Kevin Smith podcast live at 7 o'clock? They're, they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to stay right the fuck there and get in line. So as of like 6 o'clock, people are lining up for this thing, right? We got there when? 6.30? We actually went back. We left a little early from the con, went and had a few beers at the hotel room, and got back around 6.30 or so.
0: I would say even earlier. I think it was like quarter after 6 we got in line.
1: Yeah, could be that because we were in line for a long time as were many, many others. Lots of people lined up early for this shit. And finally, they let us in like quarter after seven, just after seven o'clock. They finally file us all in like sheep into this place. And Kevin Smith, God bless him, decides he doesn't need to show up on that stage till 8 fucking 30. Mm -hmm. So that's an hour and a half of sitting in a fucking very small, uncomfortable theater seat. Watching uh, at
0: least twenty people leave.
1: Watching many people leave, which is before very it even started. Yeah, before it even started. So, but a lot of people also found out, oh, we can go out for smokes and come back in. Well, fuck yeah. You. yeah so many people cool. did that. Uh, it, yeah. So finally, Kevin comes out. He starts the show. By starting the show, he wants to make a little trailer. This is probably the most fun of the entire evening for me, as he wants to make a little trailer. Now, if you go to the Apple trailer site and watch the trailer for Yoga Hosers, there's a little intro at the beginning that he did at Niagara Falls. And he used the crowd for this intro. It took about five or six takes for him and Jay to get it right, because Jay was doing the filming and stuff. But that was probably the most fun part of the evening, because it was off the cuff, it was improv, it wasn't anything I'd heard before. Because for the next hour... We sat there and listened to stories that we'd heard him tell just last week on, like, four other podcasts. And that's like, come on, man. You're going to do a live show. Like, you got to have something new. I mean, uh, I heard about Malcolm's texts on the last three shows you did that I listened to, right? Now you're live, and I'm paying $35 to hear shit I've already heard for free, like, five times on other shows. Like, come on, Kevin. Come Mm. on. Then he admits that he was basically an hour and a half late because he was out spending five hundred bucks on souvenir crap on Clifton Hill. That's like, and he was
0: gonna make another trip to come back to go
1: souvenir yeah, shopping again. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know, I'm just. Uh. And then the rest of it was what I expected. I've seen Jay and Silent Bob get old before at Fan Expo, and it was dick jokes and let us fuck and all that, and it was fun enough. Not my favorite show, but it was cool to see them live. But this was just. He left him hanging. Like he phoned it yeah. in and Jay did everything. Jay seemed to, like he was very eager and happy to be there. Uh he was all ready to go. Seemed far more professional than usual. He's constantly evolving. And, you know, he seemed to be there to do his thing. And he's making his dick jokes and all this and that, which you come to expect, but at least they're kind of fresh dick jokes like that he's still just coming up with off the top of his head, because Kevin had nothing. That was the most phoned in uh, miserable don't give a shit podcast I've ever seen him do.
0: And dude, like it, by it, it just it, it's totally weird because Kevin's usually the one that's the guy. He's all he's the entertainer, he's the one that's going.
1: Here's the uh, thing, no he's not really though. If you look at the shows, at least the ones I like, Hollywood Babylon, he is Ralph Garman's sidekick on that show edumacation mm-hmm. he's pretty much andy Mcelfridge's sidekick on that show uh you know uh smodcast he couldn't do smodcast like he does without scott mosher and jane silent bob is the one where he has to step up and be the leader and it's kind of sadly disappointing. he's the leader
0: in Fatman on batman
1: though well he was yes but now and he's pretty him? that's
0: pretty damn good
1: could you see him doing that without mark at this point though
0: uh yeah man because in the beginning he was he was interviewing
1: like top name
0: creators right. i'm talking you just legend the people. word
1: though he was interviewing that's a whole other story when he's having a conversation with somebody he's at his best yes when he's just got to sit there and come up with basic shit to talk about he's gonna go back to these texts but what i don't realize what i don't get is how he doesn't realize that we've heard this does he not think people listen to all his shows like I don't know. It was just really disappointing in that regard. So we left because it was like ten after ten. We were tired, literally falling asleep hearing the whole same shit we've heard, and we were like, "Fuck it, let's bail." And we actually bailed on a Kevin Smith podcast live.
0: Yeah, I can't believe I did yeah.
1: that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'll never see Jane Siberry get old again. That's for yeah,
0: sure. yeah. I agree. I got no faith in that one.
1: show. No, definitely not. So we went uh, from there to a really cool place in Niagara Falls called The Geekery, The Geekery Pub. Now, The Geekery, this is their new location. I hadn't been to the last one, but they've been in the new one for a little bit now. Uh, so I think they're still working on the insides. I think they're still kind of working on filling the place out a little. But uh, the front entrance alone was amazing. The the whole front entrance is the TARDIS, And the front doors are painted all big and blue and wooden to look like giant TARDIS doors. So that was like, okay, very cool. They did have a little after party there that night that we really hadn't heard about. Again, going back to a problem with the advertising and and kind of a sense of community. Like just a sense of party, a sense of fun. That's what felt missing. So they had a geek, chic uh, fan chicks, they're called. Fan chicks. And they put on a burlesque show. And there was, like, Black Canary and a Harley Quinn and a Joker, and they were all, like, burlesque out. We got there about – what was it? Because I think we back, went back to the hotel for more beers again there. And then we Ubered it. We Ubered it over there to the Geekery, and we had just missed the burlesque show. So people I think it was about, like,
0: 1130 when we got there. Yeah,
1: yeah. People were leaving and packing up, and we were just like, come on. Can we not find the fun anywhere? So they were cool enough to keep the karaoke going. So we got our karaoke on. Uh, a challenge was issued. Dirk Manning heard it. And we'll see what comes out of this in the future. Because uh, Mr. Pat Kawula um, recommended perhaps uh, that they might require a podcasting team for karaoke and i think that could be pretty cool so we'll see what comes out of that in the future because you and i just fucking ripped the place up with rebel yell son
0: oh yeah we tore the roof
1: off yeah we (laughs) took it down took it down uh, then I did a little bit of Bob, which was fun. And then you and Josh uh, just killed it on the power of love.
0: Power of love. Taking it back Marty McFly style.
1: That <laughs> was super cool, man. That was very, very good. So so we pulled it out. We had some fun there.
0: And we said uh, that from the beginning, man. Like, as soon as we walked on the floor of that place, like, it set the ambiance for itself for the weekend. And we all agreed. We're like, we are going to have as much fun as we make ourselves this weekend, honestly, because yeah. we knew it was on us at that point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was it was obvious that there was going to be not too much adventure. See, the thing with these shows and the thing with the area around here is there is a sense of community, but it's just not the party for most mm-hmm. of them that it is in other places. You go to an after party at any convention in Michigan and that roof is coming off that place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you can't even find an after tea party in ontario for most of these cons <laughs> like yeah there's official places like the shops and certain pubs will put on like little events like welcome comic-con you know or go to the comic shop and hang out but no like an after party like a karaoke and beer chuggling after party just doesn't exist and it's weird i don't know if just toronto artists don't party i don't i don't know I put together the last two years. I managed to get a, a good little chunk of some fun having people out to the Lucky Moose in Toronto there, to uh, to have a good Saturday night after party. Which I'm going to try and expand that for Fan Expo this year. But I don't know. Just you know, something not right there. I might even check out Fan Expo's official after party this year. I never have because no one I know has ever gone. So I feel like the cool kids aren't even there anyways. It's just kind of a lot of the fans and cosplayers. I feel like it's something maybe I should at least investigate and report and review on some year. But we have more fun just slamming pints, looking through Sean Nixon's art book at the Lucky Moose than we do anywhere else. So so yeah, things were lacking and we felt it right away. So you, me, and Josh, we made the best of it. We were happy to be together, which is cool because no matter what, I don't think how bad the con could be – would ever get in the way of us wasting an opportunity to hang out, which we don't get too many times in a year, right?
0: Or wasting even, you know, having not, not having a good time. We're going to have a good time, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was just like going down to the falls, seeing the falls, taking you guys up Clifton Hill, uh, you know, Canada's. you guys
0: got so many wax museums and haunted houses. <laughs> I have never seen a place that had more of like it's like there. When I was going there, people were like, "Oh, it's like a mini Vegas." I'm like, "Okay." So I get there and like, yeah, it is. It's like a very small Vegas, but with the weirdest attractions ever. (laughs) You know, you got like, I swear to God, I counted about four or five wax museums, the same amount of haunted houses. Mm -hmm. The Frankenstein one was badass though, above the the house House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein,
1: Yeah, yeah, right by the
0: Burger King where he's like grabbing the burger. That was pretty sick. And We'll have uh, to do,
1: next time, we'll have to do a weekend where we actually do some of those. I'm
0: in, man. I really am. I'm in. I want to come back just to see the falls again and, and, you know, spend some time in Clifton Hill because like we just kind of parade. Browser just taking it in we didn't like really get into it
1: yeah for sure there's there's one haunted house called nightmares Mm -hmm. and it's one of those like for real ones where they've turned an entire building into like a freaky haunted house you know what I mean Awesome. so yeah it's uh we have to check that out for sure but yeah it was fun it's always fun to check out the fudge factory and see all the oh yeah i remember and... that they were turning the fudge oh yeah to and the fun the house yeah we go in the fun house the fun house is cool because it's a genuine like wobbly floors wobbly mirrors like twisted tunnels like turning cili- cylinders you have to crawl through like it's a fun house you know what i mean oh, yeah yeah so you gonna have lots of fun down there, and you know what uh I was saying I wasn't sure if I'd go again next year. I think I will go again maybe next year, but I think I might try to get a little more involved. I think I may try to uh you know do what a podcaster does and try to be that unifying unifying voice that maybe brings together a bit of the community, you know what I mean, and uh, get get people a little more on the on the same fun time having page, you know, Cause, uh I don't know. Maybe it's just the lack of someone actually doing it that people don't do it. But, you know, there's a good group of people who are a good group of friends that don't get an often chance to hang out with each other. And uh, sometimes you just need to felicitate that situation, right?
0: That's true, man. You yeah. know, me and Josh, we discussed it on the way back. We're like, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come again just because yeah. it was fun. You know, it it was fun to to be in Niagara Falls. It was fun to be in another country for us. And we're going to we're going to this con over in another country. That's pretty sweet. And it's got it's its own new group of people, you know, so I'm not going to take the the little bad experiences that i had and chalk it up as it was a bad con it's not yeah. it's a it is a good yeah because there con. was it's no bad
1: ex- yeah other than murder hotel and kevin smith there was no bad experiences <laughs> like it was a no. great con it was a good time
0: yeah uh, it, it, it did was, have a dec- it had a great atmosphere to it people yeah. were still happy even though there wasn't like the, the the boom there was no boom to it you know
1: yeah like there was a serious lack of cosplay
0: oh yeah
1: like not much cosplay at all i don't know what's up niagara falls i mean it's all good but it's just it was weird i i'm used to just far more than that there was some good stuff and there was cosplay but not anywhere near on the saturday what you used to see it right
0: right i did yeah. see a super badass uh phantasm from batman mask of the phantasm did you i didn't see that. oh my god he looked awesome so, uh, cool. I mean, minus the fog coming out from his face, I mean, it, it was perfect.
1: <laughs> very cool, very cool. We did, uh, I introduced you to some uh, incredible GTA talent, though, uh, Mr. Uh, A. Shea Han. We were chatting with uh, Shea, who was there. We were chatting with uh, Andrew Stevenson, who is, I finally picked up my copy of the Toronto Comics Anthology, Volume 3. Uh, courtesy of Andrew, it's great to see him. Uh, also, uh, Alfonso, as we mentioned earlier, Espinosa of Studio Comics, uh, Mike Ruth. Uh, it's always great to see his Vikingness himself and that Voltron, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, I, the guy who did the Voltron and told us a little Voltron story for his one shot. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, the Viking stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, isn't that brilliant? That guy's awesome. The other yesterday, he put up a picture of uh, Popeye the Barbarian. And it was like a Popeye Conan. Like, the guy's just fucking... He can't do anything without making it Viking. And it doesn't matter because he's just so good at it. You know, he just loves it so much.
0: He just um, has cake crumb instead of spinach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on Mike Ruth's Facebook page, people. You got to check it out. It was a commission he did. I think for Hero Con, Heroes Con or something. But... One other individual that uh, we, I introduced you to, uh, I had a little chat with. You'll notice that I don't do this often, where I do an after-con in-review show. Most of the podcasting comes out of the Gorillapod mentality from these conventions. But, just, I wasn't feeling it. I, it didn't feel potty. Uh, anybody who I would have talked to... I feel like it would have been just your basic old, hey, I'm this, what's my book? Here's my book. Check it out here for five minutes type shit. And I wasn't in the mood, to be honest. Uh, I decided to go to enjoying the con. On Sunday, I brought my niece, and it was her very first Comic-Con, which was super cool. And we just had fun. Um, You know, I set up a few future interviews uh, a big part of me going was just wanting to be amongst friends and in the presence of the community of which I, you know, claim to be, you know, within. But the potting, I just wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it. We had plenty of chances to sit down even at the hotel and beer and pod. And, you know, when you're just not feeling it, you don't force it. That's one thing about podcasting. I do not like to force it, so I didn't force it. And what you're about to hear right now is the only little bit of podcasting that we actually did from Niagara Falls Comic Con. And that is a conversation with someone that I've been wanting to get on the show for a while, haven't had the chance. That is why I did chat with him to give you a little preview because he's going to come back on the show very soon for a good proper hour sit down. And that is an artist named Mr. Keith Grachow. Yeah. Uh, Keith's a super cool guy. I first met Keith back at Shay's Pints and Pages event earlier in the year. Was that even last year? No, it was this year, I think. But either way, uh, the Pints and Pages event was the first time I met Keith. And Keith is a super cool guy. So sit back right now for about 10, 12 minutes or so and enjoy a little tidbit preview of what will be coming uh, a much larger conversation with Mr. Keith Grichow. (laughs) easy as this being an artist, alley at niagara falls comic-con with mr keith grachow how are you sir
2: i'm doing well
1: thanks for coming by hey it's uh it's great to have you finally on the show here chatting with me live yes. from the con floor you are a veteran of niagara falls uh you're excited to be back as oh, far yeah. as the con i mean yeah yeah it's yeah, a great yeah, show yeah, definitely yeah yeah. yeah yeah good times uh what's on display as far as your arsenal this weekend
2: Well, I I actually, within the last month, introduced two new items. So for those that don't know me, I do children's books with my mom. We have a series called On a Planet Named Up in the Sky. sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, it's it's been a, a lot of fun working with her. So we actually have just introduced our third book in this series, Above a Planet Named Up in the Sky, about a month ago. And then I did a story in the Toronto Comics Anthology Volume 3, which was just released about a month ago. So that's with Howard Wong, who's the writer on past books such as After the Cape for Image Comics.
1: Very cool. Can you tell us a bit about what your uh, entry into the anthology is about?
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. I haven't pitched it too many times so far, but it's called Snowblind, and the, the gist of the anthology itself is... All different genres, all different styles, but it has to be about I'm Toronto. About city, yeah. yeah. And our story is this post apocalyptic Snowmagenan, and the protagonist, she is an ex Canadian military officer who just wants to be left alone, but that's exactly the opposite of what happens. She is. Put in a position where she has to save these kids who are attacked by these mutated marauder types, and
1: right off. it's
2: <laughs> a fun action adventure story, mm-hmm. which we hope to continue uh, later in the future. Oh, very yeah. cool! Yeah, in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, in for some sure. capacity.
1: So. You know, it's fun with, with the anthology because yeah, it's got to be about Toronto, but. Uh, when I first heard that, I figured it was okay. Stories based in the city, yeah, you know, conversational kind of dialogue, the typical kind of metropolitan type work you would maybe see in an anthology like that. Yeah. But no, people went crazy. Oh yeah. Like like like, big like fairy tale lands and yep. like the TTC turned into dragons and like, what inspired your take on the city?
2: Uh, well, Howard and I have collaborated on other things before and we had wanted to do something for a while together again and when the anthology came around we thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to do something and we really just spitballed it and, and it was more like what do I want to draw now and what does Howard want to write about now and we all we, we talked it through we are like well I haven't done a post-apocalyptic story yet and okay. you know we just kind of created something from that whole idea
1: nice. how'd you guys hook up
2: Howard and I have known each other for years um, I met him when he first released After the Cape and we kept in touch we started collaborating maybe five years ago
1: on, on some oh, so it's story it's been a while you guys yeah, have yeah, we've, working together we've,
2: yeah. yeah definitely and yeah, so yeah. Uh, he's. Uh, I mean, I love his his writing, and the only the only hindrance is he lives in Hong Kong. So, I mean, as much as as much as uh, nowadays it's a global you know world, you can get in touch with something somebody, somebody very easily nowadays. Uh, you know, we we have adapted to him living in, in Hong Kong, right. but. Uh, um,
1: I hear that a lot, man. How many beautiful books have come out of places of two people yeah. who met online. Twitter was like their only communicating. Yeah. And you know, like we were just talking about Tart. Yeah. You know, Kevin Josephs in Florida, Ludovic oh, La okay. out in France.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. And
1: you know, they came together, had never met till I think New York Comic Con last year. I think yeah. it was New York Comic Con. And they created this beautiful, beautiful. Oh, book, it is. It is. Beautiful, never yeah. met? And I hear that all the time on this show. Yeah. That's one thing I hear a lot. You know, is is the cool things that come out of social media and. Oh yeah. You know, you're a fan of all social media. You're on there much?
2: Oh yeah, I, I'm on, I on Facebook. Yeah, cable, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. I was, I, I use Twitter intermittently. I'm not completely comfortable with it, and I've just discovered Instagram. I've had an account okay. for a while, but. I'm just now realizing the power of Instagram I,
1: people have been telling me that because I didn't use mine much but the more I am start to see but especially with artists
2: yeah you know what I it's mean? more of like, a visual oh yeah,
1: uh, yeah social
2: network medium yeah. that's for sure it's
1: weird like the past three days I've gotten mad notifications of uh, whoever's joined Instagram or your yep. Facebook friend whoever has joined Instagram and it's almost like it's having a resurgence because it's been a while for a while you yep. know well, there's some artists who've been sharing their stuff on there for you know since years started, so, yeah. I,
2: well my my, what I've learned about all the social networks is use what you know you're going to be into, okay.
1: and yeah. that's and why I, I. Oh, okay. If you're going to be interrupted while podcasting, it might as well be by John kasser Take a look, quick listen, kids.
2: Yeah. It's just not him anymore.
1: I wonder who he's talking to
2: celebrities seem
1: to have taken over the microphone yeah for the afternoon <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: the Crypt Keeper John Cassidy ah. yeah. oh okay yeah that's he cool. was also on uh, Tiny tunes. yeah
2: oh there cool. it is <laughs> <laughs> oh I hope to get so a chat with him <laughs> that would be neat <laughs> oh <that's> so <laughs> cool that's fun
1: we we been doing it a lot, Yeah, and I
2: hope it doesn't get too tired. But. <laughs> well, one, one of the things I've noticed, I've done a lot of shows over the years, and I've done shows where there's been a lot of audio distraction, and yeah. then I've done shows where it's been fairly quiet. This is a fairly quiet show, so but far, yeah. I do like the idea. If you're going to have something like auditory uh, that, that can distract a bit, make it really fun. Yes. And, and that that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So well,
1: I'm lucky enough to get to do the announcements. Uh, I'm part of the team for the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Oh, okay. And I do all the panel moderation and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So, me and uh, the POI guys out there, we get to, we do all the announcements for fun, too. It's funny to put that voice on. Hey, welcome to the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Yeah. You know? So, it's very cool. So, uh, a lot going on with Toronto these days. Uh, it, it's an epic city. It's a huge community, especially yep. the comic book community. And there's always been these little cliques, you know. There's like the Brampton crew, the Oakville crew, you know, the downtown Toronto crew. Yeah. I personally have been seeing a lot of coming together lately. Have yep. you noticed any of this? Have you been meeting a lot more artists? You're finding?
2: I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I feel like there's even a divide necessarily. Like I I, I have been around the comic book scene and. Toronto now for over a decade and there definitely has been studios Mm -hmm. but one of the things I've always liked about Toronto and the Ontario community of artists and actually Canadian as well is that we all kind of come together very easily and so uh, I'm always meeting new people that Know people I know, yes. but I or I know them through Facebook, but I've never actually met them. Yeah. Um, but it all just seems very, very easy and natural to, to talk to them. And
1: sure. Well, actually, th- like we were just talking about, it's probably what I'm noticing is more of an influx as I'm meeting more people on social media. Yeah. And then you see mutual friends and mutual yeah. friends because I know a lot of these people and now I'm I, I I don't know maybe it's social media I guess that I'm starting to see them like come together but. Even like cross sections, like people from Michigan. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so I'm in the bar at Motor City Comic Con in the yeah. hotel bar, and uh, I'm on a podcast network called Podcast Detroit. Yep. Yeah. And there's another show on there. Uh, oh, totally blanking Mojo. out. There's a show, Mojo Motown, Motown Mo- Mojo Live. Yeah. yeah. And Dom, Dominic. Yeah. How do you say his last name? Uh, Riggio. Riggio. Dominic Riggio. So I get introduced to him because we're on the same podcast network, right? And uh, he's just chatting, blah, 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 and I write, and I'm doing this uh, project with this artist, uh, Keith Gruchow. Whoa, hold on a sec. Wait a minute, Dom. Keith Gruchow from Toronto? Yeah, I've met him. I know him. What? Small-ass world. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I worked on... So The Arcane Awakening is a trilogy of graphic novels that Dom uh, wrote and... The first artist uh, for Volume 1, I actually met almost a decade ago. That's Jacob Crippen. And he and I kind of clicked at the San Diego Comic Con. And he contacted me after the show, which I th- at that time people would say, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll hook up. And most right. of them never do. Right. But he actually did com- connect with me and he wanted to get me work. and um, he came through because maybe a couple years later he couldn't work on the second volume of the book and said to me hey if you want to work on this I'll, I'll introduce you to dom and if you guys click you can figure something out and it, it, we did so i ended up working on volume two and three yeah, they look cool too man. oh thanks some cool work
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's gorgeous stuff man thanks yeah, yeah. I get a
2: hold of it and give it a read it's See a what Tom's
1: laying down as far as the linguistics, you know what <laughs> I mean? So, uh, yep, yep. very cool. All right, well, I'm going to let you get back to uh, pedaling and slinging sure. your wares and such. Before I do, uh, tell the people where they can find you online and such.
2: So my website is kgrachow.com. It's k-g-r-a-c-h-o-w dot com. You can find me on Facebook, Keith Grachow. I basically use that as my art uh, social network site. I'm also on Twitter at K Grachow, and Instagram I believe is at K Grachow.
1: Perfect. All right, we are going to sit down very, very soon, sir. Yeah. And we're going to have a good hour-long, proper episode chat him up. Sure. With Mr. Keith Grachow here. But uh, for now, here we are, Niagara Falls Comic Con 2016. Thank you, sir. Thank good you. luck. I hope all of this disappears on I you. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> that is Mr. Keith Grachow. Good times indeed. Uh, so he's going to come back real soon. And we'll get a little more in depth with Keith. uh that's that's about it. Anything else you want to put on top of that cherry or mention of the Niagara Falls Comic-Con?
0: No, man. I mean, I'm good on Niagara Falls. We had a good time. We're gonna
1: go back yep. and yep. make it better. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, it's going to be a super ultra max party for Fan Expo when Jimmy joins us again in the Canada later in the year. Super looking forward to that shit. So,
0: uh, making an announcement exclusive. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh,
0: we're coming up again for Hamilton.
1: Oh, you are going to come. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: You want to know why? Why? Uh, because there is a guest where I must be there.
1: Okay. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, it's a wrestler. Yes. It's a wrestler. It's, uh, uh, you've seen most of them you've met most of them who's one you haven't sting nope ah
0: hmm all right you're gonna have to tell me brett the hitman heart
1: oh all right
0: that's worth it
1: countryman gotcha yeah that's totally worth it especially with him didn't he just kick cancer's ass again or does he currently have it
0: he put it in the sharpshooter and sent it packing, man.
1: <laughs> That's very cool. Actually, I'm a little excited by that. I wouldn't mind meeting the hitman uh, myself. So, see, very, very, very cool. When's that happening?
0: Uh it's in October.
1: Oh, it's way later on.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's towards <laughs> the end of, of the year. Lots of
1: planning for that. Lots of planning for that. There's uh, yeah, of course, kids. Hamilton Comic Con, Con Bravo, uh, Guelph Con. Uh I think there's another g t a con maybe happening. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but this year also happening this is very exciting, and it's called the Mississauga Fan Expo and it's basically a mississauga- uh, mississauga comic con that's gonna be happening. I think they tried it last year for the first time. uh Jason Liu is heavily involved, but that's about his hometown as it gets because this is Clarkson Mississauga right here bitches. And if that happens, uh, you may have to come back and visit later in the year for that as well because I plan to be all over that shit. Uh, But uh, that's it. That's enough Comic-Con nonsense for now. Let's take a break. It's been months of what feels like fucking Comic-Cons, man, ever since C2E2. I feel like every episode I've done has been at or around a Comic-Con, you know?
0: (laughs) It has. It's been insane. I, I've got the same on my show, just con
1: after con after con. Well, it's nice though. It's content out the yin yang. It's it's a yeah. place not having to worry about. I mean, I've still got two more Philly apps coming at you people uh, over the next couple of weeks. That you know are just a nice summer break of not having to do too much pod. But uh, I'm enjoying this. It's it's good to be sitting here and just bullshitting with y'all again. Um, <clears throat> released today on Netflix. Voltron! Defender of the Universe! Voltron was one of my jams as a child. Voltron was it. Voltron was the shit. Voltron had cool names, cool colors, cool concepts, cool ideas. It's where everything, it involved everything we loved about anything in the 80s. If you put a team together, and they each had different colors, and they each had different attributes, and they had cool names, that's all you needed. Turn them into a giant lion robot, even better. Now, Jimmy, how familiar were you and how with the original Voltron? Uh,
0: I've seen a couple episodes of the original Voltron. I'm not very versed in the original. I know of it. um, I know why it's important. I know all the key elements of it, but I've only watched a couple episodes of the actual show. And... Dude, coming into this new series without seeing any of that, like I can see the the callbacks to the original big right. time because I'm still a fan of that era of, you know, of animation. Sure. And dude, th- this Voltron series is just f- fucking phenomenal, man. It's got everything in it. It's got great fight scenes, great suspense, the music of this uh, dude just the <laughs> first cut the music alone it's badass man this like is it's like i don't know it's everything that i want to watch in a, in a sick ass cartoon it's giant robots fighting with sweet music <laughs>
1: <laughs> this cartoon managed to strike one of the most difficultly delicate balances to strike when rebooting anything and that is newness with oldness Sticking to what made the show good in the first place, Mm -hmm. being faithful to the fans, yet updating it enough that it's not dated, right? Mm -hmm. This did absolutely wonderfully. It it has such an, like, no matter what they changed, Mm -hmm. the vibe is so original Voltron, I can't even get over it. Like I was old just old enough to be like prime Voltron age. Like I am the exact kid that Voltron was aimed directly at. Mm-hmm. Like you this is made for you. And I was like, "Oh, right fucking on." <laughs> so, you know, the 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 whole idea of the colors to the the tubes. Mhm. Uh, so far that's different maybe they'll add the tubes I mean oh, like I think you've watched more than one episode of the new one I've only seen the premiere episode
0: Oh yeah I'm so, I'm, I'm in 4 right now I'm as okay. soon as I get off this pod dude I'm going right back
1: <laughs> Well they're an hour long that's <laughs> Oh a, yeah you know it was only a half hour cartoon right so that alone they're giving you twice as much more Voltron uh they didn't waste any time in the new one they got right into Voltron being around and but the feeling of it the, the lore, the, the, even the level of jokes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the, the mythicness, the, the, you know, gotta form Voltron to save the Danus, like, so nailed it, so perfect. Um, they are being so faithful that, it borders on cheese, but the writing is so good that th- that it's not going so far. Do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, I looked at the, the rating is Y7. So, like, you know, they're, they want little kids to get into this too. So oh, they're going to, they're yeah. going to throw that message in there. Like, you know, uh, the, the, the leader, he's like, you know, we got to believe in ourselves, guys, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's a lot of that positive talk that's totally campy, totally cheesy, but it works for this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's like it's, the, how you mentioned the, the animation earlier. You know, you're like, it's it's really paying homage, dude. DreamWorks is behind this. This is right. major props to DreamWorks for doing this.
1: Well, they're doing it anime style, just like yes. the original. It
0: looks so close and to the original.
1: The princess's, like, cohort, like her butler guy, where yeah. that guy is, that's, that's, that is that's the typical anime comic relief for the children right there. Right? Oh,
0: 100%. And he's... Amazing. Yeah. But they had these
1: tunnels. Like when they had to form Vulture or get into the lions, and they had these tunnels that they had to jump into and shoot down to get to their lions. Yeah, the ones they are zip lining down? Yeah, yeah. That was, I really hope, that's the one element that was missing in this new one for me. And I really hope they bring it in. How many that,
0: episodes did you watch?
1: One. I'm only on the one.
0: Oh, okay. You'll yeah. be happy with two then. Okay, good, good. good.
1: <laughs> All right, so... I hope that I hoped that they would go that way. Oh, but they do.
0: Yeah, you're good. This
1: is one of the best revivals, reboots, whatever you want to call it, I've ever seen of anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's wonderful. It's ballsy that they made a five-man team.
0: What was the original one?
1: Uh, There was a girl. I'm pretty damn sure one of them was a girl. The pink, there was a...
0: There's a girl in this one.
1: Yes, but she's not part of the team. Yeah, she's the green one. Or the yeah, the, yeah, fucking she's green. That's a dude, man. No way. With the glasses? I thought first, it, okay, it starts, right? The episode starts, and I'm like, there's no way that that's, is that a guy or a girl? Like, I turned to Aaron, and I was like, is that a guy or a girl? And then he pulls out that picture of him and his girlfriend. Remember they make fun Uh, of him at that one part? Yeah, Yeah, he's he's pitch. He's totally a guy. He's totally a a guy. I thought it was a chick. I was totally confused too, man. I thought because (laughs) I think part of the reason is you assume there's going to be a chick. Yeah. And there was no chick. Wow. And nowadays, you know, they were like, we're not going to make one a girl just for the sake of making a girl, I guess. And very strange to have like four or like what, three of those girls five people are alpha males like to the extreme and they're like all kind of leading men that they're all going to have to share that, that thing. Like, look how dashing they had to make the leader, like the black lion guy. Yeah. Just to stand out against the blue and red lion. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, so
0: he's like, he's the, he's the guy with a little bit of mystery, you know? Yeah. The, uh, I love the camaraderie and the, and the, the competition between, uh, the blue lion and the red lion, though. I, yeah.
1: I, I love that. Yeah. And they give the lions themselves a little bit more personality. Like, they were always kind of connected, but they've made it a little bit more mythically spiritual in this one. Mm-hmm. And the lions have a little bit more control over themselves than they think. I think they originally had. But uh, I like the way the the, the red lion won't let him enter until the guy sacrifices his life for it. And then he's oh, like, yeah. okay, like, now you may ride
0: me. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I saw that, cause like, remember when she was passing out the, and, and what's funny is when she's passing out the powers, it totally reminded me of the power Rangers movie. When Dulcia is given all the Rangers, their new powers at, right. at that Island. But like, she uh, she I says like
1: how you just said that to me like I like I've seen it. I know exactly <laughs> what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> well, she in Power Rangers '95, uh, but no,
0: listen. uh She's like when she's when she's passing out the you know the, telling everybody about their lions and what they're going to control. She gets to the red one and she's like, you know, it's uh, it, it's temperamental and it's yeah. unpredictable and only someone who fights like that will be able to you know. Uh, you know basically bond with this thing yeah, and yeah. it's like the lion like sees what it does you know where it's like oh it just it just gave everything in a ballsy move you know to save me it's like yeah, you're right it's like alright alright now you're cool yeah, and I can yeah. just break out of this force field and get you now
1: yeah I thought that was <laughs> mega cool I love that because I know the sword is coming mm-hmm. but they didn't bust it out in the first episode which is great I didn't think we'd even get to – I didn't know how far they'd go because it's Netflix, right? They know they can play over time. Oh, so I was like, okay, are we even going to see any lions in the first episode or will be all like characters set up? And then we saw the one lion and I was like, okay, I figure, you know, the first couple li- episodes will be chasing down each lion, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, by the end of the first episode, here's motherfucking Voltron, bitches, fucking chopping <laughs> ships in half and shit in outer space right where he should be, you know? yeah Mm. the
0: original like i i I don't
1: the original all ended the same like every episode was exactly the same voltron would get beat up by something big or the lions would be getting beat up they would form voltron to fight back they'd fight back a little but keep getting beat up and then he would make the sword appear and cut the big bad guy in half Mm -hmm. and that was literally every fucking episode of voltron and we didn't care. That's oh, yeah all we wanted each episode. Was pick the Sword, <laughs> cut him in half. Good. Done. As soon
0: as you pull the sword yeah. out, you know, you're a little kid. You're like, oh shit, it's over now. Yeah, yeah. Here it comes. See you
1: next- <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week for next week's sword chopping in half moment. Did
0: they ever leave it in the cliffhanger where the sword didn't work and then it was all dun 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 to be continued?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they ever did cliffhangers. I can't remember because that was a young one, man. That was I was in maybe grade Oh, dude, I was living in Lake Street. So, grade one, grade yeah. one or two, grade one or two was Voltron for me, which mm-hmm. would have been what? How old are you in grade one or two? I think we're talking eight, seven I mean, or So, that was like 84, 83, 84 was Voltron starting. Yeah, because yeah, then I moved to Mississauga. So-, <laughs> so, yeah, it was about 83, 84. So, we're talking the early 80s too, right? And didn't last super long, but it held on man it held on so the the color scheme though and the look of the original outfits you can't help but think that was i don't want to say power rangers influence because there was no power rangers yet but were were there any of those precursors as early as 83
0: uh from japanese absolutely
1: yeah there were okay. oh yeah
0: like the 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 toy animation group which is really what's behind all this stuff is big time with that with that like voltron was just one of the many 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 versions of shows like that that they had they were all what was the, the
1: original colors was, was oh, there man. can you peg it down to an original show where they had five fighters in colors that looked like those masks
0: fuck not not an animation man i mean i'm even thinking like you know like the super sentai stuff back in the 70s uh
1: that's what i'm saying do you think the super sentai the very first super sentai is where all that shit came from just the even idea of different colors on a team
0: possibly i mean you had your basic colors it was like red green yellow you know uh, i would assume there was like a a fucking a green one like a white one well think one looked like cobra commander (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, even in comic books, they didn't do that. There had never been a team that all was each person, like individual color, all having the same uniform, all different colors, had never been done until Japan did it.
0: Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You think
1: about it. There's never been, like, there was never, like, a superhero team where they all looked the same.
0: No, that's it true. There's always
1: like leagues and societies and that kind of shit. And
0: they right? all had their own unique look. That's true.
1: Yeah. So you got to peg that whole idea of round helmets with different colored members as a, a super Sentai Japanese thing,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I would, it yeah. Had, I'd say it funny.
1: had to originate there. And, you know, as much as Voltron's not totally in that realm, it is a, an anime influenced show that came that kind of used that you know what i mean mm-hmm. but then it kind of comes back around because then didn't later in power rangers they kind of had their own lions that didn't form a robot but
0: no they had uh they they had their own individual zords that right. would form the Megazord.
1: oh okay so did they, it's did, very very did similar. every year have that did what did, did every year have that like every team have
0: they zords? had their yeah they had their own yeah they had their own theme that would go with the franchise yeah
1: Right. But were they always Zords?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always Zords.
1: So, like, even the pirate. Like, what was one of the pirate guys' Zords?
0: Uh, the Super Mega Force. They had a. Uh, shit. You're killing me right now because I only remember watching a couple of the main episodes of that
1: series. But they had some sort but, of machine. Oh, yeah. yeah they Pedro had, like, over. a giant. They had, like, a giant
0: pirate ship that they fucking floated around in <laughs> honestly and like but there was a lot of confusion with that series because like everybody was like they they were the main complaint with it was that they screwed it up somehow because all of a sudden they were just these pirate rangers and no one you know it explained i guess in the japanese version why they were power uh, pirate power rangers instead of just all of a sudden like oh hey check it out here's a ship and you look like pirates now
1: <laughs> oh that's funny that's funny but that's cool to think of. like voltron was probably the coolest of it all for sure like oh, voltron yeah. you know voltron's just man there were two things my two biggest things as a kid were probably voltron and he-man as much as i love star wars as i grew and got into it as i've said before i got into it through the eu reading comics and novels that's why i got hooked on star wars later in my teenage years but mm-hmm. as as a youth it was fucking, it was He-Man and Voltron, man. You couldn't get cooler than that. Dude, He-Man
0: was my first hero of oh, all yeah. time. My very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. first. I've got pictures of me in my underoos holding the sword <laughs> on the couch, screaming, I've got, or I have the power, you know?
1: See, Voltron had, there was one version that was plastic, where you could buy five plastic lions, and they all joined together to make Voltron. And it was a pretty cool toy, right? It was pretty big. It was like one of those bigger, like, you know, Japan anime like, uh, you know, mechazoid things they would make. But then there was a metal version. And there were the smaller, more detailed little metal lions.
0: after oh, for the serious collector.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> went together. They're just like in a more expensive toy. And I had this thing. It was one of my prime toys as a child. Really? You had one? Oh yeah. Oh, oh dude, I yeah. bet you love oh, that thing to death. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. It was I hate that you get to that fucking, what was it, 12, 13, all the toys get passed down to the younger cousins if uh-huh. you don't think about it, right? Because uh-huh. whatever. And, man, that was one of the coolest ever. Because it came in a set, like, like it came all in one box, like the five lions together. Like, I didn't have to buy them individually. Like, my I got a set for Christmas one year of all five lions and was just like fucking oh Oh, i know the joy
0: i know the joy i had the same thing about power rangers i opened up every single action figure (laughs) and it was amazing
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh good times indeed uh that was fun that was good uh so niagara falls comic-con uh six out of ten
0: yeah i'd say i'd say uh I'd even chalk it up in seven, just Six because. And
1: a half, seven
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm gonna go with a solid seven, just because I had such a good time being in that element with you guys, and plus there was a con there. Uh, you know, I, I did get to to meet some of you know people that were big you know influence on me as a kid, Howard Finkel. Hey,
1: Howard Finkel gave uh, gave y'all uh, a the fucking greatest, intro for the top rope review. That's greatest fantastic, intro ever. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. Uh yeah, and that was fun. So Voltron on Netflix right now. We're gonna keep watching it. So you go and check it out. Uh, what else? That's uh, that's pretty much it. Nothing too exciting Uh, today. Gordy Howe died. Oh yeah, that's a major bummer. Oh, especially for you, down in the D. There, it's a major bummer. It's the year of the death, man.
0: Dude,
1: the death squad is in full effect. Like. Like what happened? it's it's ridiculous at this point. Like after the first five, people were like, What the fuck two thousand sixteen? And then like four more got tacked on and people were just like what's It happening? was all
0: athletes and the last three have been athletes. It was Muhammad Ali, <laughs> yeah. then it was Kimbo Slice.
1: Oh, that's right. Kimbo and now Gordy yeah. Howe. What the fuck, man?
0: Yeah, right? Kimbo Slice? Like, are you serious?
1: <laughs> yeah, weird times indeed. Who
0: kills time- Kimbo Slice? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like-
1: <laughs> death came for him, man. He'd had enough of that shit. So. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't know. Death seems to be on lewds. So like, maybe someone's got to put death in check this year. I think sort of so, man. Crazy, it's, man. It's It's been, <laughs> yeah, since since the beginning of the year. It, they it, Death has been on overtime.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers... A whole bunch of Power Rangers, or at least the actors who have played them, are going to be in an upcoming film. That film is called The Order. The Order is not about Power Rangers in any way. It is just a movie containing all past cast members, which is a very cool idea. They all get to hang out again, act together, and you get to see them together again, which is very, very cool. Uh, you, Jimmy, and your show, The Ninja Starship Podcast, have been uh, getting quite involved in the promotion of The Order, and you just had Jason Font and Johnny Young Bosch on your show. Uh,
0: yeah, I, uh, I had Jason Font on, he was, uh, he called into the studio, and, uh, the Johnny Young Bosch panel from, um... Philly. Uh, from yes. philly yeah that i uh that i introed I, I is he in the there.
1: order or is it just he is,
0: yes no, no he's, he he's is. in the okay. order and he's he's a badass in it man if you get a, a chance to check out the trailer uh go to the ordermovie.com and you guys can check out the trailer they just released a new one too and dude i'm telling you the fight choreography just in the trailer is enough to get you so pumped up for this it's it's ridiculous you don't even have to be a ranger fan you just be yeah. an action movie fan and you're sucked in
1: That's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that they're putting some quality behind it. Oh, they really
0: are, man. They really are. Yeah,
1: Yeah. nice, nice. Um, What else? Is there anything else we should tell the world? I can't think of anything uh, super important going on right now. People are just out there. We're in the middle of con season. Uh, my boy, I believe on Sunday is going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Did you see it yet?
0: Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm going in the morning. Uh, I'm doing a, a double whammy. I'm doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then Warcraft back to back.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> You're getting your PG on tomorrow. mother. I am, man. <laughs> I
0: am. I got a, I got a big day tomorrow. I got to, I got to do back to back movies and then I got to go see, uh, I'm going to a concert. I'm going to go see Pierce the Veil vale with a friend of mine. And uh, right it's it's going to be fun, man.
1: Right on. I am going to sit around and watch Voltron and do fucking jack all because I'm tired. And I found <laughs> a lot of big trees this week. And I have a lot of online things to do as well uh, pertaining to the Points of Interest Podcast Network. Points of Interest Podcast dot com. Where you can find an elegant weapon, you can find the Ninja Starship podcast, you can now find Top Rope Review, and many other fine, fine shows. A couple of which, as the three I just mentioned, can also be found, of course, at podcastdetroit.com. And you can also find this show here, an elegant weapon, on the tangent bound family of podcast networks, which I believe Jimmy Uh, You are in the works of very soon uh, officially also being a member of.
0: Yes, extremely excited for that too.
1: Uh, It's very cool of Mark, Mark Bogner over there at Tangent Bound. Uh, Tangent Bound is kind of a hub. Uh, basically, uh, they're kind of a catcher where they toss out a lot of RSS, uh, 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 RSSs. I can say it for real. Uh, there's like over a hundred shows on the Tangent Bound network. Uh, they have their own flagship show, the Tangent Bound podcast, Check that out, but uh, bound Podcast or pa- uh, sorry, Tangent Which you go there, and they have uh, individually set up uh, sections for like a hundred shows and their RSSs, so everything gets automatically fed through there, and it's very cool. You can find a lot of neat shows on ta- tangentbound, Bound, uh, POI. Uh, Podcast Detroit, and I'm starting to mumble too much. So thank you to Keith Krichow for our conversation at Niagara Falls Comic-Con. Thank you to Niagara Falls Comic-Con for letting us uh, uh, review and cover your show. Albeit, I'm sorry that it was not the most glowing review, but we did have a good time, and uh, you're young, and you will grow. Uh, as a comic-con and who knows maybe we'll get a little bit more involved in the coming years jimmy thank you for hanging out with me tonight
0: hey anytime man anytime is always a pleasure you
1: can uh you can catch the ninja starship live sundays at five o'clock on podcastdetroit.com. and uh that's about it so until next time uh i'll be bringing you a little bit more a uh, great philadelphia comic-con action because uh, there's a few more real big names that you're going to like hearing about. But until then, that is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon, kids. Take it easy. The time has
2: come. Join.